Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard Birdsong. Yes, world, it is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio on Talk Zone. Glad to be with you today is August the 17th. Boy, time is flying by. As the Dave told you, our show is a unique blend of humor, opinion, storytelling, and information. Leonard Birdsong never provides you with fake news, and sometimes I'll make you laugh out loud with my dumb criminal law stories. I always start the show with those. I hope you stick with us, and I hope you like what you hear. I'm going to read some dumb criminal law stories. I've been working on some this month, some new stories. But first, let's talk about birthdays. Today is August 17th. Robert De Niro, happy birthday to you. He's 74 years old today. Sean Penn, which many of you don't like, he's 57. And Donnie Wahlberg, well, he's 48. Any of you ever watch Blue Bloods? It's a good program. Donnie Wahlberg, 48. Sean Penn, 57. Ron Robert De Niro, 74. Happy birthday to all of them. Well, I have some dumb criminal law stories that I've been working on. I hope uh, you find them interesting, maybe funny, maybe instructive of what you don't want to do. Here's the first story from California. The headline, what a boob. A woman won an $18,000 judgment against a plastic surgeon who posted pictures of her surgically enhanced breasts along with her name. Mandy Stilwell, 39, maintained she had agreed to let Fresno, California surgeon Dr. Enraquita Lopez to take photos of her bare breasts for advertising as long as she remained anonymous. Months later, Stillwell's names and breast photos were online. Oops. What a boob. Another story from California. Headline, Say Cheese and Smile. We learned that FBI agents in San Francisco are searching for the so-called <laughs> smiling face bandit. A six-time bank robber who always wears a big grin during his stick-ups. Authorities find it's not a laughing matter because they contend that the bandit carried a weapon in four of the six heists since May 20th of this year. He is considered to be armed and dangerous. If a smiling face bandit comes into your bank, be careful. A story from Canada. Headline, Fireberg Firebug Dummy, that's the headline, Firebug Dummy. It's hard to say that, Firebug Dummy. A British Columbia man allowed back in his neighborhood after a wildfire threat celebrated by illegally setting off fireworks. The the 34-year-old Williams Lake man was arrested and booked last Saturday for allegedly mishandling a burning substance and conducting high-risk activity in violation of the British Columbia Wildfire Act. How about that? I didn't even know there was a British Columbia Wildfire Act, but there must be. He was arrested for it. All right, it's not that funny. The British Wildfire Act is not funny. All right, another story from Canada. 
a farm is offering $1,000 worth of bacon to anyone willing to snitch and help local police catch thieves targeting his Nova Scotia farm. His name, Melvin Burns, of Moonay Farms near Halifax, said thieves have taken $5,000 worth of his power tools, pigs, piglets, and hens since late June of this year. If the bandits are hard up for cash, Burns said, he would even like to offer them a work. A thousand dollars worth of bacon to anyone willing to snitch and help local police catch the thieves. Boy, oh boy. All right, I've got some more stories here. We go to Florida. You know, there are a lot of these dumb criminal law stories that come from Florida. The headline on this one, Pistol Packing Padre. A priest driving a red Corvette, I'm sorry, a priest driving a red Corvette pulled a gun on a truck driver who tried to pass him on the highway in Martin County, Florida. We learned that Williams Adams, an Episcopalian priest from North Carolina, allegedly pulled in front of the truck, slammed on his brakes, and pointed the weapon at the driver. Police arrested the pistol-packing padre in West Palm Beach just down the road. All right, I don't know why the padre had to have a pistol, but you heard it. Georgia. The headline read, Bee Bumbler. A man's attempt to burn bees out of his nest, out of their nest. Now, let me start that again. Out of Georgia, the headline read, Bee Bumbler. A man's attempt to burn bees out of their nest backfired after his stupid method of extermination set his house on fire. A county deputy fire chief said the homeowner lit a stick on fire, then tried to poke the flaming stick into the bee's nest near his roof. Unfortunately, that set fire in part of the house. With flames spreading through the attic and engulfing much of the entire house, there were no injuries, but the fire charred the entire roof of the house. Please do not put flaming sticks in bee nests if the nest is attached to your home. Don't be stupid. Louisiana. He was called a serial offender. A man speeding down an interstate highway in Louisiana was arrested last week after deputies challenge, after deputies allegedly found two pounds of marijuana in cereal boxes. Donald Root Scott, 23, of Sacramento, California, was charged with possession with intent to distribute marijuana and speeding. Deputies pulled Root Scott over for near, for traveling at nearly 90 miles an hour on Route Interstate 12 in early August. Police report that they found marijuana hidden inside Honey Nut Cheerios and Captain Crunch Crunchberry cereal boxes. <laughs> he was a cereal offender, folks. Get it? <laughs> All right. New Hampshire. We got a... Hey, I haven't even read the story yet. <laughs> The headline on this one from New Hampshire says, Drunken Dummy. After a fiery crash in the town of Pelham, police tried to free the driver. 
However, Michael Hines, 53, refused to leave the car by insisting that he could handle the situation because he was a mechanic, police said. Once officers pulled Hines to safety, he allegedly tried to get back inside his car even as its tires were exploding. He was charged, yes, with DUI and what else? Possession of cocaine. <laughs> Drunken dummy, huh? There's more. This story comes from Ohio. The headline read, Would the charges be dropped? It appears that a juror may have swiped oxycodone pills during a drug trial in July of this year. Attorney John Moore believes jurors in Columbus found his client guilty, allowing for one of them, without any noticing, to flee the courthouse with 71 opioid pills that had been offered into evidence but not properly secured by the courtroom clerk. Attorney Moore is seeking a new trial or for the charges to be dismissed. Now, you know, I've been, I've been, I've, I've been in many trials, folks, and you shouldn't let the evidence lay out there on the table. But I've never heard of a juror actually sw uh, swiping things from the courtroom, but I guess it does happen, and it seems to have happened here. It's my belief that the charges will be dropped since the evidence has disappeared. Here's a story from Oregon. The headline, was it 420? Court bailiffs in, Flor in Portland rather, could hardly believe their eyes when a spectator came into court and lit up a marijuana joint. It's legal in Oregon for persons 21 and over to possess a small amount of marijuana in public, but one may not light up in a public setting, according to the law. The man was allegedly genuinely shocked when he was told he couldn't smoke in court. There is no report as to whether he was arrested or fined. However, I'm sure they kicked him out of the courthouse. Here's one from Pennsylvania. Salad silliness. Salad silliness. A man raved that there was not enough cucumber on his Wendy's salad. He then threw the salad at an employee and made a threat, police said. Theodore Gunderson, 58 years old, was arrested at the Wendy's restaurant in New Holland, Pennsylvania, the first Sunday in August after he See? allegedly cursed, threw the salad at the employee and said, quote, if I had a gun or a knife, you would be the first to go, end quote. Salad silliness. Yeah, that one is pretty funny. I, I must agree. All right. We're coming near the end here. I got a few more stories that I'd like you to read. Here's another one from Pennsylvania. The headline simply said, quote, Daryl, you're in trouble now, end quote. We learned that a 21-year-old man was caught trying to use his friend's clean urine for a court-ordered urine drug test. Daryl Coger allegedly filled a condom with clean urine, but probation officers heard an odd popping noise when he broke open the condom. Coger was then arrested 
with furnishing drug-free urine and possessing an instrument of crime. The scissors are used to open the condom. Daryl, you're in trouble now. Or is it Daryl, you're I'm in trouble now? <laughs> All right. South Carolina. Headline. She was able to stick it to her kidnappers. She was able to stick it to her kidnappers. It's been reported that Jordan Dinsmore, 20, was grabbed by three men who forced her to drive them in her car because they didn't know how to work the stick shift transmission, she told the police. So while driving, she threw the car into neutral, bringing the car to a slow crawl and allowing her to safely jump out. The three suspects were ultimately arrested. Quote, I'm going to be driving a manual transmission for the rest of my life, end quote. Dinsmore vowed once the suspects had been arrested. Headline, she was able to stick it to her kidnappers. <laughs> and the final story I've worked on. Okay, guys, okay. That's the peanut gallery. They're getting too raucous. The last story today is from Tennessee. Headline. Seems the honeymoon ended before it began. We learn that Kate Pritchard, 25, pulled a gun from her wedding gown in Murfreesboro, that's in Tennessee, and pointed it at her new husband just hours after exchanging their wedding vows. The newlyweds had been drinking heavily, according to police, who investigated the incident. Seems the honeymoon ended before it began. All right, folks. Okay, it's funny. It's funny, I know. All right, those are the dumb criminal law stories for this week. We're going to take a break, a pause for the cause, and we're going to come back, and I'm going to talk to you about some serious stuff that happened this weekend, and uh, there's still some fallout from it. Of course, that's what happened in Charlottesville. Give, I'm going to give you my thoughts on the whole matter. This is Leonard Birdsong on Talk Zone Radio. Stick with us. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and consumer debt counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to consumerdebtcounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. 
Although he's been involved in serious criminal law work over the years as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a law professor, Leonard Birdsong knows that it's good to stay grounded. That means not always taking criminal law so seriously and instead just having a good laugh at some dumb criminals and their dumber crimes. Several years ago, he began to collect and compile weird and funny criminal law stories. He shares some of them weekly on his Talk Zone Internet radio program. And now you can read more of them yourself in one of his 14 humor books. He has two book series, Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminal Law Stories and Professor Birdsong's Weird Criminal Law Stories. They're available for purchase in either paperback or Kindle edition by going to the author link on the homepage at leonardbirdsong.com. Leonard knows that you'll get a few good laughs or at least a few chuckles from his collections of dumb and weird criminal law stories. Check them out for yourself by going to the author link at leonardbirdsong.com Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com Yes, it is Leonard Birdsong broadcasting from the beautiful studios uh, of TalkZone here in Orlando, Florida. We call Orlando the city beautiful. And it's a beautiful day here. I'm glad to be with you. We know that this weekend in Charlottesville, Virginia, that's the home of the University of Virginia, which was founded by one of our presidents, an early president, Thomas Jefferson. We know that some white supremacists, some KKK, and some neo-Nazis got a permit to have a rally in a park on the campus of the University of Virginia, and there was a clash with anti-protesters. It was... An organization, a new organization, a white supremacist led by a fellow by the name of Richard Spencer. He's organized groups from all over the United States to come to a rally, or he advertised for a group to come to a rally last weekend in Charlottesville, Virginia. It was called Unite the Right. The right was considered of what sometimes called the alt-right in the United States, made up of neo-Nazis, white supremacists, Ku Klux Klan, skinheads, and all people who want to have a white homeland for themselves and to have people of color and other religions thrown out of the United States. I don't think it's going to happen. But as we all probably know now, that the march on Friday did not go well. There was a clash between counter-demonstrators and the neo-Nazis and white supremacists. And the white supremacists and the neo-Nazis had been marching with tiki torches, and they'd been shouting racist slurs. And pretty much it was like the... Nuremberg rallies of the Nazis in the 1930s where they used to have nighttime torch-lit parades in Nuremberg to show their growing strength. On Saturday, anti-alt-right people gathered near the university and a white supremacist, he drove his car into a group of 
protesters killing one and injuring 19. A young lady by the name of Heather Hires, who was about 32 years old in a paralegal at a law firm, was killed. She was buried yesterday. As a result of all of this, the President of the United States said very little about it for a couple of days, and then he came out with some statements blaming not just the alt-right, the neo-Nazis, the Ku Klux Klan, the white supremacists, but he said everybody, both sides, were uh, guilty of the violence. Now, there's been a lot of complaints about Donald Trump's handling of this matter. There's a fellow by the name of David Rothkopf who wrote a little paper or a little article for the Washington Post. He is a visiting professor of international public affairs at Columbia University. These are not my words. You're going to hear my words soon. But he writes, Donald Trump on Tuesday afternoon gave the most disgusting and public performance in the history of American, of the American presidency. Framed by the vulgar excess of the lobby of Trump Tower, the president of the United States shook loose the constraints of his more decent-minded advisors and, speaking from his heart, defended white supremacists and, by extension, their credos of hatred. He equated with those thugs the courageous Americans who had gathered to stand up to racism, anti-Semitism, and the doctrine of violence that won cheers and Nazi salutes of the alt-right hordes to whom Trump must have felt such loyalty. After several days in which Trump had, and his advisors had wrestled with what should have been a straightforward test, task, that is, condemning the instigators of the unrest, Trump revealed the reason that finding those words was such a struggle. Why? He is an extremist. Now, this is David Rothkopf writing. He goes on to say, No one who values the best of what the United States has stood for could watch without feeling revulsion, anger, or heartbreak. No one who comes from a past such as mine, Mr. Rothkopf is Jewish, says that Trump's performance was horrible, and it was against the basic rights of the United States. And he thinks that we shouldn't condone this, and he goes on to talk about leaders outside of the United States who have condemned President Trump. Now, Mr. Rothkopf is a liberal, but there's also a conservative, a fellow by the name of John Poderis, a very good conservative writer, who's also came out against Trump and what he said. Among other things, John Poderis wrote that President Trump said that there may have been some very good people rallying with a permit by the statute of Robert E. Lee in Charlottesville. And maybe he thought so because the photographs we all saw showed clean-cut young men in polo shirts and dockers. The rest of us also saw them engaging in Nazi salutes and carrying torches. These images seem to have eluded the president. The president suggested many had been there on Friday because they cared deeply about the fact that Robert E. Lee's statute in the Charlottesville Park is due to be removed. Poderis goes on to write, Trump did not note that they were not locals with aesthetic concerns, but rather had been summoned 
from all over the country under the slogan of Unite the Right. The ad promoting the Unite the Right rally, which ran on far-right websites all of last week, did not even mention the statute. It was designed to evoke a fascist poster with birds similar to the Nazi eagle in the sky over the marchers and Confederate flags taking the place of swastikas. It invited people to join speakers like Mike Inuk, who hosts a podcast called The Daily Show, and Augustus Invictus, an adult, an alt-right figure who once said, I have prophesied for years that I was born for a great war, blah, blah, blah. Poderis says that a fellow by the name of David French writes, when Trump carves the alt-right away from the Nazis and distinguishes them from the neo-Confederates, he's doing exactly what they want. He's making them respectable. He's making them different. That such words could actually emerge from the mouth of the President of the United States is one of the most disheartening facts of my lifetime, says Poderis. So you've heard some words of a conservative writer and of a liberal writer. My own words are, I condemn white supremacy. I condemn neo-Nazis. I condemn the Ku Klux Klan. They are haters and really have no reason to be Americans. They should leave. I do not have to leave. I believe in the Constitution and believe that all men and women are created equal. Now, I could say a lot about this, but let me just cut through to the chase that I want to talk about. I'm going to just say this. I do not know why young men, the young men I saw on TV in the film clips, wearing their polo shirts and their dockers and carrying shields and spouting off about Jews and inward people, things like this, I don't know why they feel that this is a good thing to be a part of. A neo-Nazi, a white supremacist, the Ku Klux Klan, why would you want to join these organizations? This has all failed. The Nazi regime went down in flames in 1945. They were losers. The Confederate States of America went down in flames. They lost the Civil War that they started. White supremacy has been outlawed in the United States. Why do you want to be associated associated with losers. Now, you know, you may not like what I say, many of you are listening to me, but I'm just telling you my feelings. I read some things that other people have written, but now I'm going to tell you. Of the many, many, many people in the United States living right now, I'm one of the few that have actually talked to real Nazis in Germany. Between 1986 and 1988, I was a hearing officer in the U.S. State Department for former Nazi party members and Waffen-SS soldiers who wanted non-immigrant visas to go to the United States. In order to get such a visa, they had to go through a hearing officer. I was the hearing officer. I personally interviewed former Nazis who had been in the war 
and who supported Hitler, who took an oath to Hitler, blah, blah, blah. By the time I met them, they were 75 to 80 years old. Most of them were repentant. They realized what they did in the 1930s and 40s was wrong. They realized going to war under Hitler was wrong because it ultimately destroyed the Germany that they knew. In talking to these old Nazis, they told me about the hundreds of friends that they lost, about the thousands of soldiers that starved and froze to death in Russia, and how they now say it was all a false spring, and they are sad and repentant about what they did. Hate leads to things like this. I did not like being the hearing officer for former Nazis, but it certainly taught me a lot about what had happened in Europe between 1933 and 1945. Atrocities. Six million Jews and others killed. People put in concentration camps. Now, if this is what neo-Nazism stands for, why would people, young people in America who have all kinds of things going for them, why would they want to join a group like this? Well, I'm going to talk more about it after we come back from a break. As you can hear in my voice, I don't like neo-Nazis. I knew the real Nazis. They were bad people. I think the KKK is ridiculous. I think the alt-right is an intellectually fraudulent organization. This is Leonard Birdsong. I'm on Talk Zone. Stick with me. I'll be right back. Consumer Debt Counselors is a company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Now back to Professor Birdsong for more Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, I am back with you. This is Leonard Birdsong, Leonard Birdsong Radio. I'm here with you on Thursdays live. That's from 1 until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But Talk Zone is Internet radio, and you can get it 24-7. It's Internet radio at its best. I've been talking about the new neo-Nazis, the white supremacists, the Ku Klux Klan, the alt-right people who want white supremacy to be the law of the land. They say they want their own state. They say they want black people and Jews and Muslims 
to be thrown out of the United States and live someplace else. Well, my thing is, I ain't going. But again, like I said earlier, I am a person who's actually spoken to the real Nazis of the past, although they were old men now. Many of them were repentant about the things that they did and the people they saw die as a result of Hitler's foolishness. And the fact that Germany was destroyed by the Allies. When they came home, there was not food to eat. There was not drinking water to drink. You had to boil it. It was horrible. Why would these young people of today in America, a country where you do have equal opportunity under the law, why would you want to join groups that are losers? The Nazis lost. The Confederates lost. Why are you carrying Confederate flags? Why are you where, why are you carrying a, a, a Nazi flag with swastikas around the United States? They were losers. Get off of it, folks. Donald Trump seems to be giving aid and comfort to these white supremacists. And maybe it's all a ploy. Maybe he's taking a page out of what Hitler did back in the 1930s. Hitler came to power, and he set up a couple of organizations. One was the SA, and one was the SS. Most of you do not know what that means, but the SA means Sturmabteilung. That meant the Storm Department of Hitler's party. These were the bully boys who wore brown shirts and went out and beat up Jews and other people who didn't like Hitler. They particularly beat up a lot of communists in the 30s. They were responsible for Kristallnacht in 1937. When I was that hearing officer in Germany, one of the things that I always had to ask these old Nazis who came before me, what were you doing on Kristallnacht, November 17th, 1937? And all of them remembered what they did because they were bad things, and they knew they were bad. During Kristallnacht, hundreds and hundreds of synagogues were burned down, Jewish stores, businesses were destroyed. I don't know why people in the United States want to revel in what happened, putting people to death, putting people in concentration camps. But let me get back. The SA means the storm up Thailand. These were the bully boys that Hitler used to keep people under control and sometimes to take them to the concentration camps. The storm up Thailand, the SA. Maybe that's what Trump wants. Maybe he wants a group of young, crazy white supremacists or neo-Nazis to become his bully boys to threaten people he does not like. That is, that Trump does not like. Now, the SA finally, finally fell out of power just before the Second World War started because another rival group called the SS came to power. SS stands for Schassstufel. This means these were the people who protected the leader, protected Adolf Hitler. They were the people who took an oath to die for Hitler. I interviewed a lot of SS officers and soldiers when I was in Germany, and they told me stories about at the end of the war how they knew because of what they'd done 
that life was not going to treat them very well. They told me, many of them, how they took off their uniforms, their SS uniforms, and burned them. They got naked in Poland. They swam the Oder River. The Oder River is uh, the river between Poland and Germany. And they got to the other side, and they went to the Americans and begged them to arrest them because they did not want the Russians to arrest them. At least 60,000 German soldiers were put, were POWs, that's prisoners of war of the Russians, and they were put in the Gulag Archipelago, that's Siberia, where most of them stayed for 10 years. Those who survived were repatriated to Germany in 1955. I actually talked to people who saw the POWs come home 10 years after the war. About 10,000 of them lived. 50,000 died of starvation or they froze to death in Siberia. This is what Nazism led to. This is what white supremacy led to. These are awful things. Young people in our country need to know the evils of white supremacy, neo-Nazism, and Nazism, period. So at any rate, the SA fell out of favor. The SS rose into, uh, during the Civil, the Second World War, and many of them were involved in atrocities. I just look at a president of the United States who does not condemn neo-Nazis, Ku Klux Klan, and other white supremacists. A number of people overseas have condemned Donald Trump's approach to the matter. Angela Merkel, who's the chancellor of Germany, said that... um, the actions of the white supremacists in Virginia were horrifying and evil and stated it is racist, far-right violence, and clear, forceful action must be taken against it, regardless of where in the world it happens. Merkel also swiftly displayed humanity and sensitivity by expressing sympathy to the family of Heather Heyer, killed in that auto accident in Saturday in Charlottesville. President Trump never even called the parents of Heather Heyer. The Prime Minister of England, Theresa May, didn't call Trump out by name, but said in a statement on Wednesday, quote, there's no equivalence between the two sides. Similarly, the European Commission mentioned neither Trump nor Charleston, Charlottesville, but in a tweet reiterated that the European Union's founding principles are liberty, democracy, respect for human rights and fundamentals, and the rule of law. Theresa May indicates that this may be lost now in the United States. The German Justice Minister, Heiko Maas, wrote it's unbearable how President Trump is now glossing over the violence of the alt-right wing hordes, in Charlottesville. Moss said or wrote in a statement, no one should trivialize anti-Semitism and racism by the neo-Nazis. 
And I certainly agree with that. You may not like what I'm saying, folks, but this can be a very cruel world. And like I say, I've known Nazis, old Nazis, the real Nazis, and they were bad people. Many of them, those that lived, are repentant. Now, in preparing for this show today, I came across a little story in the paper. An American tourist, this is the headline, an American tourist gave the Nazi salute in Germany so a stranger beat him up. That's the headline. Story is, an American tourist in Germany was beaten up by a passerby after he began giving the Nazi salute outside a cafe in Dresden, Germany, police said. And this was just past Sunday. The incident occurred about 8.15 a.m. on Saturday as the man left a cafe called the Europe Cafe in the Neustadt district of Dresden. The district is known to be a liberal part of town and a popular meeting spot for students. The tourist was identified only as a 41-year-old American who was severely drunk, according to police. He suffered minor injuries while the stranger who assailed him fled the scene, the police said. Police also said that the U.S. national is under investigation for violating German laws prohibiting Nazi symbols and that they are still seeking the passerby for causing personal injury. Now, the story goes on to say the Nazi salute, that is the right arm straight and angle, slightly up, palm down, was used as a greeting and a way of expressing devotion to Adolf Hitler in the third rank. Germany outlined the salute after World War II along with the Holocaust denial and other symbols and signals associated with the Nazis. A conviction can carry a prison sentence up to three years. Now, what some of what I saw in the news this weekend were young white American men looking in their 20s and 30s marching on the campus of the University of Virginia or near it with raised hand Nazi salutes shouting words against Jews. This is America. I saw young white men in their 20s and 30s, carrying swastika flags, the flags of the defeated German people. Now, there's no more to this story, but the fellow who beat up this American who was drunk knew that the Nazi salute was outlawed in Germany because it reminds people of all that led to Germany's downfall, and Germany had a tremendous fall. It was awful. Most people don't know that shortly after the civil uh, the war ended, the so World War II, it ended in May. In between May and September of 1945, 5,000 people a week were committing suicide because there was not enough food and not enough water, and their homes had been destroyed. Neo-Nazis, wake up. This is America. This is not what we need. This is Leonard Birdsong. I'm on Talk Zone Radio. And I'm talking today because what I've seen and heard this last week from our president and what's happening in our country is horrific. Stick with us, folks. There's more to say, but we're going to take a pause for the cause right here and now. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. 
Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash Birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Are you considering law school? Then you probably have tons of questions about the application process, the admissions process, the benefits of a legal career, and what it takes to succeed in law school. You'll find the answers to these questions and more in Professor Birdsong's Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Inside, you'll find helpful chapters on the history of the lawyer, why you should apply to law school, things you need to know about applying, and more. You have the ability and the drive. Now, get the advice that will guide you into the legal profession by helping you successfully submit your application to the law school of your choice. Professor Birdsong's award-winning Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Available for purchase on Amazon.com or through the author link at LeonardBirdsong.com. You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. Yes, it is Leonard Birdsong back with you, and I'm happy to be here. I'm glad you're sticking with me. Uh, I was rather strident about my feelings about the neo-Nazis and Confederates and white supremacists, but those were my opinions. Let's do something more uplifting. Colleague Dave, I'm sorry, colleague Bill Davidson often sends me words of wisdom. I'm going to read some for you. Words to think about. This one is called Breakthrough. Every major difficulty you face in life is a fork in the road. You choose which track you will head down toward breakdown or breakthrough. One of the best teachers of persistence is your life's critical turning points. Everyone should expect to have somewhere between three to nine turning points or significant changes in our life. These transitions can be happy experiences or unhappy times, such as job losses, Divorce, financial difficulty, health problems, or even the death of a loved one. I know I've had my share of these. Turning points can provide perspective, which is the ability to view major changes within the larger framework of our lifetime and let the healing power of time prevail. By learning from our turning points, we can grow at a deeper level within our careers and life. Each of us will experience hurt in our life at some point. How we react to that hurt is what defines us as a person. It is important to acknowledge the pain and give adequate time for grieving. It is also important to set a time limit for your grieving. Once that time is up, it is up to you to get back and forge ahead once more. Forgive and forget, as they say. It's not healthy to carry that grudge and grief around with you every day. It will do nothing but continue to drag you back down. 
Take the lessons learned from those times and apply them to your day to day. Doing these things will help you move on. Just think, today may be your day to turn your life lessons into a breath, a breakthrough for the future. Your story may also make the difference in the road that someone else takes during a difficult time in their life. Every cloud has a silver lining. Sometimes we just have to look harder to find it. Bill Davidson says, don't allow anything from your personal history to keep holding you hostage. Break through, folks. Break through. All right, I'm glad I had a chance to perhaps give some words of wisdom. We're going to, of course, end the show with some riddles, but it's not time to end the show. I've got some news tidbits that I want to share with you. Some of them are funny. Some of them are interesting. First one, call this Rhode Island hospital laundry room worker a true soap star. Call this Rhode Island hospital laundry room worker a true soap star. Stephen Lado, 62, found $9,100 in cash in the dryer at the Miriam Hospital in Providence, Rhode Island, and he returned it immediately to the patient who lost it, saying, quote, when you do something good inside, you feel good and clean, end quote. So that's so true. That's so true. Another one from another tidbit. Most of these come from the Associated Press. A San Jose couple quietly but completely legally purchased a private San Francisco street. Tina Lamb and Michael Ching snatched up the street and sidewalks of Persido Terrace for $90,000 at a tax delinquency auction. They are now considering charging for parking in front of the street's 35 mega mansions. The Homeowners Association protested it never got tax bills because the city sent them to the wrong address. Sorry, if you move, you lose. All right. What else do I have here as tidbits? The headline on this one read, Welcome to Weed Town, USA. Welcome to Weed Town, USA. A, canna- a cannabis company bought a small California town in order to transform it into a med- marijuana mecca. American Green, Inc., plunked down roughly $5 million for the 120-acre town in Nipton, California, and plans to convert it into a hub for the weed business and tourism, the firm said. Recreational weed, that is marijuana, is, I guess, legal in California. Let's see, I've got a couple more here that I want to share with you. This is not a good one, but I'm going to read some of it. Headline, Upskirt Vid Teach Jailed. Upskirt Vid Teach Jail. That's the headline. A former New Jersey high school teacher who secretly recorded upskirt videos of several female students was sentenced last week to 10 years in state prison. Adam Mayer must serve at least five years before becoming eligible for parole. The Washington Township resident, 39 years old, had pleaded guilty to official misconduct 
and invasion of privacy charges. Gloucester County prosecutors said Mayer made the video while he was videos rather while he was an English teacher at the Gloucester County Institute of Technology in Deptford. This was a vocational high school. They say at least 24 victims were identified, and most of them were about 14 years old when the videos were made. Authorities don't believe Mayer shared the videos with others. Upskirt vid teach jail. Good for him. Five years before he's eligible for parole, a 10-year sentence. Here's the last news tidbit of the day. Headline, victim got cleaned out, says the headline. A man returned to his Virginia home to find it had been broken into and cleaned. The man came home to his apartment shortly after midnight last Monday after a trip, according to Arlington County Police. He called authorities when he noticed that it appeared to have been cleaned, his apartment that is, and some items had been moved around, but nothing was missing. The man told police he doesn't employ a maid, according to a local television station, WRC-TV. Police say the mystery cleaner unlawfully entered the apartment. There is no suspect description. (laughs) Oh, well, I guess you might call that person the cleaning fairy, maybe. I don't know why someone would break in and clean someone's house. Maybe it's an old girlfriend who believes he's a a slob. We don't know. Well, this is Leonard Birdsong. I'm here on Talk Zone with you on Thursdays. You can... Hear my dumb criminal stories on the air every week, but you can also go to my blog anytime you want to and see some of my stories because they're free on my blog. My blog is www.birdsongslaw.com. You can read my funny stories. They're true. Also, if you want to learn more about me, you can go to my website, leonardbirdsong.com. You can also buy some of my humor books at the store that I have there online. If you want to write me, I have an email address, lbirdsong22 at gmail.com. Write me and I will answer what you have to say. Now, I know some of you have been waiting for the riddles. I've got some new ones here. Let's see if you can figure them out. I'll give you a little time, see if you can. First riddle. When clams exercise, what happens to them? When clams exercise, what happens to them? Think about it now. When clams exercise, what happens to them? Well, the answer is, when clams exercise, they get big muscles. (laughs) Get it? Big muscles? All right, okay. Another riddle, and I know you can get this one. Where do mummies go on vacation, folks? Where do mummies go on vacation? Think about it. Where do mummies go on vacation? Let me put you out of your misery. Mummies don't go anywhere for vacation because they are afraid to unwind. <laughs> Mummies don't go anywhere on vacation because they're afraid to unwind. 
All right. Okay. Okay. It's not that funny. The last riddle of the day. See if you can figure this one out. What do you call a cat at the beach? I don't know why you'd take your cat to the beach, but what do you call a cat on the beach? Think about it. It's not that difficult. Well, you call a cat at the beach Sandy Claus. Sandy Claus. All right, folks, I know some of you. Okay, that's the peanut gallery. Shut up. I know some of you got these riddles. I've got more of them for you next week. Stick with me. This is Leonard Birdsong. You here can listen to me on Talk Zone Radio, Internet Radio at its best. I'm here live on Thursdays from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But you can get me 24-7 on your computer or your app because this is Internet Radio. I'm available 24 hours, 7 days a week. Stick with me. It's been good to be with you. I'll be back with you next week on the 24th of August. Have a good week, folks. This is Leonard Birdsong signing off. Thank you for being here.